welcome to another episode of The Lava Pool. I'm Coach Sam, Dr. Fidget Harshma, and this is going to be our holiday episode, so we're going to jump right into it with everybody's favorite holiday foods. I'm going to start, as always, with Toler, Dim Sun. How are you doing? Uh, good. It seems like I just keep showing up on these shows. It's really strange, actually. Yeah, it, it's almost like we want some consistency between hosts. <laughs> Uh, what what is your holiday food of choice? Um, given that we don't really have any traditional stuff in my family, I'm a big fan of uh, takeout Chinese food because most of those restaurants are open on okay. Christmas, and it's much better than actually cooking. All right, that's that's a good answer. Uh, also joining us, we have Tommy T Man. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. This is your first time on the show, correct? Yes, this is my first time. <laughs> All right, and what what is your holiday food of choice? Uh, we do uh, the whole Italian dishes thing. So we, we make a bunch of fish the night uh, and on Christmas Eve, and uh, we have flounder. I like flounder. That's really cool. That is cool. It gets really smelly. There's a lot of fish. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can imagine. Not quite a Norwegian Christmas, thankfully, or Swedish Christmas. Yeah. All right, and also joining us today we have Aaron Cybertron Zhang. What's up, guys? How are you doing? I'm good, thanks, man. Uh, what's your go-to holiday food? Uh, we normally just, like, make a traditional Chinese meal when it comes to holidays, because we're not big on celebrating things like Christmas or Thanksgiving, but we just cook a lot of good food, uh, normally a lot of dumplings and a lot of nice side Chinese dishes. Nice. All right. Well, Tommy and Aaron, you guys both just got back from London, mm-hmm. right? Oh. All right, so that is our first big story here today um you guys just want to run down what you used at the tournament yeah sure Aaron, you want to go first yeah sure no pressure uh, <laughs> so i think that tommy and i both actually have the pelipper gold duck core which was kind of cool to see but uh i had a super hyper offensive team uh surrounding that was gyarados uh tapu lele metagross and zergatry and it was a really fun team, um, and I really enjoyed playing the metagame. I uh, played against a ton of different teams and players, uh, and unfortunately I was one win away from making it onto day two. Still, I'm still a little bit bummed out about my round eight loss because that was a loss that was completely in my control and I just didn't play very well. But uh, it was overall a really fun experience, and it was cool seeing so many good players in day two in the top cut. Yep. Yeah, I... How many choice items did you have on your team? I, ended up, I think I, <laughs> I almost had three, but I ended up only having two. Uh, a band okay. and a scarf, yeah. Yeah, I, I saw you, um, I think it was round one. I'm like, how? what, what is he doing? Against Ben, yeah. So game one was really rough, actually, because I was not expecting that lead at all, and then I didn't expect the assault vest on Cartana. Um, game two, like, I gambled a little bit because I figured he wouldn't protect Marowak turn one. I just went for the Zen headbutt, and... Uh, which, oh, yeah. yes, Choice Band Metagross and Psychic Terrain, like, that has a very good chance, uh, sometimes even a 100% chance to knock out depending on your EV spread, so, uh, if I hit that, like, he would have set up Trick Room for me, and I think the game just would have been over there, but, uh, unfortunately I missed it, but that was my fault <sighs> for gambling it, uh, so even though, it, I mean, uh, it was, like, it looked like a very one-sided series, and I think he did outplay me, uh, I, I wish I could have at least brought it to three games, because the third game would have been really interesting. I remember watching that uh, opening game and seeing the Zen headbutt miss and being very confused as to why it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. And as you explained Psychic Trade and Choice Band, I'm realizing that that was a lot more damage miss than I thought it was. Yeah, Ben wow. wasn't expecting it either. Um, that was like something that I had been testing because like people just underestimate how strong 
uh, choice ban Metagross with Zen Headbutt and max attack is, and it's it's still really it was uh, it was really fun. But the the lame thing about Metagross is it relies so much on Meteor Mash and Zen Headbutt. And both of those are ninety percent, so it's like you know you're basically rolling the dice every time you use it. Right. Okay. And Tommy, what did you end up running? Yeah, like uh, Aaron, I also had the the gold deck and the Pelipper, but uh, I rounded it out with the uh, Tapu Koko, Tapu Bulu, Muck, and Porygon too. So I basically wanted to run essentially what was Rain Room and just have lots and lots of offensive stuff that was fast, and I'd be going first either on the Rain end of the spectrum or the Trick Room end of the spectrum. And uh ended up working pretty well for me. I lucked my way into top 8 at the 7th seed, so I did go 11-3 and, and got a little bit lucky on resistance there. But uh the team was just very consistent. I, like, uh, Aaron was saying with all the 90% accurate moves on the Metagross, well, it is very strong. It's like... Hitting, like, 100% accurate moves as long as I was in rain, because I had Thunder, I had Hurricane, I had uh, Scald, and then Hydro Pump didn't have to check accuracy on the Z moves, so just, like, a lot of very consistent options, like, got through the day very, very easily. Yeah, I had I had also watched uh, your match just now, recently, and it was interesting watching, like, you, it seemed like you were using a lot of very powerful moves, but because of the rain and because of the Z-Crystal, you could guarantee certain KOs if you really wanted to because they were so strong and because they were all the way accurate. Yeah, and that set is actually one of the very few that I actually risked Hydro Pump missing, and uh, that was game one, turn one, and two, because I knew that if I took out the uh, Tapu Koko with Hydro Pump, then I could save the Z-Crystal for the Metagross in the back, and as long as I could uh, KO that with Hydro Vortex, I was in a very safe spot, and uh, I actually didn't need to do that after I... Luckily, burned through the the sash on the uh, Aerodactyl, but uh, if I didn't, I really liked having the option to Hydro Vortex and Metagross in the back. Right. Yay! Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that uh, the the Pelipper Golduck team seemed pretty popular too. Yeah, I I hadn't seen a lot of those beforehand. Um, walk me through how Golduck works, because I. It just doesn't seem like it has the best stats for a rain sweeper. I mean, it has the same special attack stat as Kingdra. Mm-hmm. So, in that vein, it still gets the damage output you want, and um, obviously we'd have something... If some, cause something like Kingdra was, or Ludicolo was legal, we'd probably be using that instead, but the damage output is still there, and uh, Hydra Vortex is just so much in the rain. Um, being able to get that off once per game, and then having things around it, like, I know I had Tapu Koko with Life Warp Thunder and Rain, which was able to blow through things as well. So just having the the one thing that was uh, essentially taking out taking a knockout wherever it's hitting, depending on what it's targeting, and then having Scald for very, very consistent damage did over 50% to uh, a lot of the things that I saw in the field was very strong. I just think, like, a lot of things were not prepared to take all that damage from that kind of speed stat on the Golda. Fair enough. Um, let's see, moving along, uh, what, what kind of trends did you guys see over there? I know Magnazone was something that... There were three in day like two. It on, yeah. yeah. It seemed like it was on and every were, other team. They were all in top 20, that was the crazy thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, the, the, all the Magnazones I saw did exceptionally well. Yeah, Magnazone, uh, Gasheron was definitely not something I was expecting to see too much of, but that had a really, really good run. Uh, lots of just overall, like, super bulky teams. I mean, Celesteela, Porygon 2, obviously. Like, I think people expected to see those on top. Uh, a lot of Arcanines as well for Intimidate support. And, like, bulky Arcanines with Snarl. Uh, so, 
Yeah, I think a lot of the teams were top eight, in top eight were really intriguing to me, and then we had stuff like Gudra uh, yeah, up there as well, and uh, the kind of rain defensive core that Wolfie and a bunch of other people were using was pretty interesting to me as well, like uh, Pauly Toad instead of Pelipper, and uh, using Parish Song as a way to really like close out games was pretty cool. Mm. That was interesting, because it mostly just used rain as uh, a defensive buff. Exactly. For, I mean, with, with Wolf, it was Bulu and, um, and Magnazone. Mm-hmm. That were just completely, they just walled off the fire moves. And that, that Tapu Bulu was very bulky. It was, yeah. <laughs> um, so that was, that was really fun to watch, because I'm a big fan of people using rain for reasons other than Swift Swim. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think as a whole, this metagame is, like, a lot bulkier and slower than it has been. Like, it's complete metagame whiplash from last year, where it was just immediately knock out everything. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I know you guys both ran fairly offensive teams, but you were more or less in the minority there. Right. Right. It, it was... Did, did it ever surprise your opponents or catch them off guard that you were doing so much damage so quickly? I mean, between the two of you, did you ever have that experience? Yeah, honestly, like, I feel like half my rounds I won literally off the first turn because my opponents were like, wow, like, I was not expecting that one-hit KO or I could just, like, pick up two knockouts instantly or put myself into such a good position, so... It's like one of the nice things of running a more offensive team, but obviously you have to be a little bit scared as well because uh, sometimes it can go the other way around where like your opponent could just instantly lock things up on the first turn. Like if you like double up into something and like they get a trick room up or you have to play very meticulously and like perfectly, and even then it's still really hard to get out of things. So it's pretty interesting. Yeah. It's really hard to go into a tournament and say that, oh, I'm going to have a bunch of easy games since any time you go into a tournament, you're going to be playing some good people. I mean, I sat down though and I... Probably played, like, six or seven rounds on... No, like, five or six rounds on day one, and then, like, two or three rounds on day two, where, uh, like, Ducks were just able to overwhelm. And the games kind of just, like, went very smoothly from there. I got a KO with one of my Ducks. They took a knockout, bring in Tapu Koko, if I want to do that mode, or just bring in Porygon instead of Trick Room once I take out the Golduck. And uh, just being able to apply constant pressure. Like, teams weren't able to keep up. More, less than being like actually being surprised by it, it was just like it was like too much for the teams to handle. Um, and like you said, uh, that's actually why I lost in top eight was because I ran into somebody who had a very very offensive team as well, but a little bit bulkier than mine. So I wasn't able to take any like knockouts that I wanted to. But he was just okoing everything back. It was uh, Michele, who's a really cool player, and uh, like he had focus as circuitry, and I was like, I I had like nothing to deal with that. I'm sitting down. I'm like, okay. So I lose my Golduck, I lose Pelipper down to Sash, I'm like, okay, that's that's fine, that's fine, but then, like, if I wanted to Trick Room, he had Araquanid, and I had to put the Araquanid in rain, which is uh, gonna be, like, KOing the Porygon 2, <laughs> which is not good. Does it actually one-shot Porygon 2 in rain? I mean, I know Araquanid is strong, but... Is it Hydro Vortex? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, like, I was using it a little bit earlier, and I was really... <laughs> Surprise! Goes to show how much experience I have. Would you would liquidation something that was supposed to be really bulky, and it would take like fifty percent. What? Yeah, w- water bubble's a great ability. Ha- as we've established, yeah. <laughs> as has been established, and as we've established, yeah, yeah. Um, so lots of uh, it. It felt a little polarized too. There weren't a lot of balanced teams, and I know balance typically arises much later in the metagame. So I think that fits in with trends, but it was interesting to see so many defensive teams, mm-hmm. like hard defensive teams um, being played. It's, I guess that's part of with Toxic and how the metagame is shaping up. I mean, if something like Gudra can be viable, then 
there's space for a team to play very defensively. Right. Um, <laughs> Trick Room also like about as popular as expected, but I I don't know if I thought it was going to be 100% of Porygon 2s and Orangaroos. I thought there would be some Mimikyu and some Slowbro or Slow King in there. I was really hoping to see more uh, Oranguru. That would have been fun. Yeah, Oranguru and Mimikyu, I think. Uh, I don't know. I think they're both really strong options. So it's like, seeing that many Porygon too, that wasn't surprising, but uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so bulky. It's easy to see why it is the most used, but I think Mimikyu is really, really cool. I think it's really annoying, depending on what set it is. I mean, uh, I run into Focus Ash on day two, which is very annoying. Just being able to Set up Trick Room, you have to break the Disguise, then break through the Focus Sash, and it's like three different hits you have to get down on at first, and then in the process it's burning your entire team, and you have no idea what the heck is going on, so... <laughs> yeah. You're just panicking the whole time. No, Mimikyu! Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, then you have Orangaroo, which can have Inner Focus, so you can't always fake it out, and then half of them have Mental Herb when you really don't want them to have Mental Herb. Right. I, I have faked out and taunted too many orangaroos to zero effect. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's always such a guessing game because it's like, oh, like if I has taunt, I mean, if I has mentor, then I can double up on it for a knockout. But if I has citrus berry, then it can survive. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's always like, do you want to even go for a taunt? Uh, I actually, I know Ben Kiriakou had it on his team, and I was like, man, I do have Gyarados with taunt, but I feel like he has mentor. We actually did end up having mentor, um, so that was yeah, that was super tricky, but. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like. I was kind of surprised that there weren't like that many Torkoals uh, in day two either. But maybe right, Conan was one of the only ones. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, I don't know. I think a Ranguru Torkoal Lilligan, like it's still a very deadly combination, but it is somewhat one dimensional. It's just with Lilligan, you never know the item. Like they could be the Z move, they could be right. uh, something like Wide Lens, or they could be Focus Sash. So I don't know, there's still a lot of options there, but it is, does feel somewhat reliant on Sleep Powder when you're in bad matchups. Yeah, but I mean, being reliant on sleep powder seems to work for some players, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was considering bringing it. I was like, look, I just know I'm not going to hit my sleep powder, so I'm not even going to try. <laughs> I mean, it's seventy five percent every time, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Okay. So next thing we have is the EU circuit. Uh, they they're done with their nationals. <laughs> it's over. It's not even 2017 it's, it's yet. It's weird. Yeah, like it's been less than a month since the game came out. They're done with national. All they have left are regionals and mid seasons and stuff like that. Yeah, regionals events. are going to be like nationals. <laughs> yeah, special events, which could be okay. Dreamhack Leipzig. Oh boy. Yeah, uh, I I didn't put in the notes what all got announced for regionals, but they announced a bunch of regionals, and most of them are paired with other events mm -hmm. so you can go to something and have something to do besides pokemon if you lose early or just want to hang out somewhere else and that seems cool that seems like something that like pokemon events have been missing for a long time yeah yeah Where we we used to have more stuff to do at events besides just play and then they kind of got rid of that which i mean it is what it is but I mean, it's like it's like a bunch of people coming into a convention center to take the bar exam. <laughs> like, right. Yay! We're all trying our best. <laughs> this is exactly like watching people take the SAT. <laughs> yeah, and 
Like, if you want to go with a handful of friends, and if those friends don't play Pokemon, there's zero reason for them to go right. most of the time. But, mm-hmm. but you now want... you can, like, do road trips and stuff with a larger group of people. You want to make it fun for everyone involved, even the people who don't play Pokemon. Even your parents. That's right. That's right. <laughs> mom, Whenever my mom would hack. <laughs> Mom, yeah. let's go to DreamHack! <laughs> Like, I, I think it's really cool it's being held at DreamHack, because that's, like, a pretty prestigious esports tournament in general. I don't know whether, like, they'll put it on a big screen or anything, but, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of hyped about that. But I am still, obviously, a little bit concerned, because uh, we've heard a little bit about the age restrictions, and apparently <laughs> you can't compete if you're 16 and under. So that eliminates I, literally all of juniors and seniors and even, uh, like, first-year masters. It's, it's crazy. I didn't actually hear about that until this morning. Do you want to fill everybody in on what's going on there? <laughs> yeah, so from what I heard, uh, I know Billo was talking to them, and he was like, oh, so can I get more information? And then somehow, like, the topic of, uh, you know, age came up. And, yeah, apparently you just, like, can't go, like, because of, like, legal issues. I think that's what they're worried about. In Germany, to, yeah. Yeah, I might have to deal with, like, dealing with prize money because like, yeah. there's cash prizes on the line now. So um, I think that might be part of it, but yeah, that is a doozy. Yeah, one of the biggest problems is uh, it's it's a cash money that they ha- it's one of the the German rules that if you're under sixteen, they can't be like uh, you can't compete for the prize money. And uh, I know that already blocks out one of the highest finishers from London, uh, the my opponent Michele from top eight. Uh, he's number seven in EUCP right now, and he's losing out on a potential regional go to. Which is um, so ridiculous, like, it's yeah. <laughs> this far into the uh, kind of format. Yeah, especially because we just discussed um, the internationals over. Those regionals are the most important events for people in the EU right now. Right. Or out of the EU, if you happen to, you know, be in the UK. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not quite out. The other thing about the EU events is the locations, but... Um... I think I'm okay with that, only because uh, they are only being held in certain countries. I know, like, Italy doesn't have any. I don't believe Spain has any either. But I think that's partially, again, due to the money being in uh, countries where they can award prize money. So uh, that makes sense. It's, it sucks for uh, the players that do live in those areas. But, um, you know, Pokemon's trying to put money into the game, and I think that's something we've all been looking for for a long time. So it's, it's a little bit of good take there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's it's growing pains, and we've been going through growing pains for a while now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> quite a while, but it's okay. Yeah, like for forever. Since uh, yeah, it's just the yeah. the whole European circuit. I feel like every tournament has been like kind of a disaster in one way or another, and it's a little bit disappointing. Like it'll be great in some way, and then just yeah, poof. exactly. <laughs> and, and like it's just it's a shame because the caliber of players are so good, and like it's so hyped to follow it. But then it's like you hear stuff like. Top 32 for a 100-man tournament. Uh, it's just like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's like, we can't get X2 Cup for regionals, but we can have top 32, and it's like, I don't know where the logic is in that. Yeah. But, I don't know. Like, I, I, you, you, I would feel like, oh, all TP has to do is just, like, put their foot on the door or whatever and just be like, hey, like, this can't happen anymore, but it keeps on happening, and uh, it's just concerning, like, especially now that it's, you know, we're in the sun and moon phase, like, you don't want people to go to regionals and be like, man, this is a terrible experience, like, blah, 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 blah. Like, you want people right. to enjoy it. And so, I don't know, I hope the tournament organization uh, gets stepped up coming into, uh, really, this next phase of regionals. Yeah, especially because we have all those new players, too. Yeah, exactly. That are coming in because Sun and Moon is not 2016, and there's not Dark Void, and there's this, that, and the other. Like, the metagame okay. seems fun to play. Right. Genuinely. 
And, um, and there's actual money on the line. Yes. Shh, what's money? I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime you put the money into the game, it's going to uh, draw even more attention when something goes wrong and people are going to complain. And they're going to complain anyways, but uh, it gives us a little bit more reason to actually have cause for concern. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Speaking of things that might have been disastrous, um, I, I, I guess we don't technically... I, I don't technically know. Um, what... What were your opinions on the timer? Like, how did that feel for you guys? I know you both played really offensive teams. What were the things observed? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was hard to say personally, right? Because, like, I think all my sets literally ended in, like, 20 minutes or less. <laughs> I, like, I remember I, I was on stream for round eight, like, side stream, and my opponent and I finished our three-game set, and then I looked over, and they were still playing game two uh, on the stream set. So I was like, oh, what? Nice. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I also ended all of my games within 20 to 30 minutes, and uh, <laughs> I think that's part of the, of the teams that I, me and Aaron both played, since we play really offensive teams, and yeah. uh, I know that a bunch of my friends did end up going down to timer, I know Trista uh, was talking to me, I think like either her first, first or second game of day two went down to sudden death, and had to play that out, and uh, I, I think the important takeaway is that I think the judges all handled it very well, since there was uh, the whole stigma in the past that kind of BGC runs itself, because there wasn't really a lot that the judges had to do. But now there's a whole manual aspect of it, and I think the judge, judges handled the, at least the, the, the time portion of it very well. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, because that was the worry going in, that the judges are going to have to kind of be on top of everything, because as soon as they're not, then you have a whole mess of problems. Right. So, did it seem like there were enough judges to actually monitor everybody's match? Yeah, it didn't seem like there were that many games going down to time, like maybe 10 per round. Um, but I, I haven't heard of, like, I haven't talked to too many people about it, so I don't know if there were, like, really disastrous stories or, like, they just completely dropped the ball or messed something up. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I do know a lot, a fair amount of people, like, both Ray and Wolfie went down to timer uh, and lost, and, like, some people aren't even familiar with the timer rules right now. Like, if you lose on timer in game two or lose on timer in game three, what happens? And the finals was kind of anticlimactic too because it came down to a timer. So that was kind of interesting to see. Um, I don't think it's... I think it's... I don't know. Uh, I, I feel like I was a little bit worried about it. And after this tournament, I was like, okay, like maybe it's reasonable. But you do get some ridiculous situations where like literally people will spend 40 minutes on a Celesteela versus Celesteela stalwart because literally no one knows how much PP either has. Um, and so they decide to play. And neither one's going to tell the other. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And then you just end up with, like, a 10-minute, like, or you have 10 minutes to play or your second and third game. Obviously, that's not happening. So, uh, I mean, th- that's something I guess you have to consider when you're team building, right? Like, I don't want to put myself in those positions when it's, like, the end of the tournament. Mm-hmm. Right. Especially because you have to take into account fatigue and yep. all kinds of... I mean, it really, in a lot of ways, Pokemon can be an endurance game, as weird as that is. <laughs> No, I definitely agree. A lot of the sets uh, could have gone down to time if they wanted to, and then also, like, this is the, the whole thing that if you're going to go down to sudden death after a game two, and you know that you're going to lose your game two after winning game one, you can choose whether or not you want to just go down to timer and play uh, a sudden death, or if you want to just forfeit that game right there and give yourself a shot at a, a full game three. Exactly. And I think most of the players did just end up forfeiting. We didn't have too many sudden deaths happen in London. Was it very clear how much time you had left all the time? They had a big timer on the wall, so you always knew how much time was left in the round. Okay. Okay. That's a big positive. Watching the stream, they made it sound like they weren't actually telling players how much time they had left. 
and the judges weren't allowed to say anything until time ran out and they had three turns. Yeah, that that's good. That's so, a mark of good organization. Knowing there was a timer helps a lot of things. I mean, Pokemon is a game where you're able to play the timer. Um, so mm-hmm. removing that capability would have been frustrating, I guess. But that's a would have and not an, a did have or a did. Yeah. So that's good. Yay. So <laughs> it didn't seem like rounds took like as long as they could have ended up taking. Uh, did the entire tournament feel kind of snappy? It, it honestly or, still felt really long. I think with the new timer, like... Um, yeah, I, I thought that was going to extend it out to, like, an hour and a half, two-hour rounds. Yeah, oh, God, that would be disastrous. Like, fortunately, it was, like, decently organized, but we still ended day one at, like, 9.30 or 10. Jeez! Uh, yeah, it was, it was like, a very long ruling tournament. And the thing is, like, I'm the player who it's like, oh, if I play a game, like, I just really want to, like, get to the next round, especially if I lose, because I just, like, like, think about what I did wrong, or just, like, I want to get into things, but it was like, oh, after each round, especially because I was using the team I did, like, go around and just wait around for, like, 45 minutes. Um, but yeah, it wasn't like the worst case, but it was still definitely, you definitely felt it. Like it was a long day. Mm. Day two was also very long, specifically because they were doing, uh, they were streaming like five or six matches uh, in yeah. the end of round, uh, five. So basically I said was, okay guys, play at your games for round five here and we're going to post the standings in like four hours. So come back then and we're like, oh, we just, we, we just played our last game of the day. Like, a bunch of us didn't know if we cut or not, so we are just kind of sitting there, and we're like, oh, we got to wait four hours for these things to go up. And uh, it was, like, a really, like, an awkward time of the day. So it's like, oh, if you go out, like, it's, like, really, like, too early. I have to go out and get dinner. So, like, you come back, like, 4 <laughs> o'clock, and it's like, oh, I guess maybe I cut. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's unfortunate. G- getting a lot of stream games is a good a good trade-off, though, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the stream seemed pretty good, pretty well organized, except for... They did put up a graphic at the beginning saying like what time every round was going to be. I was like, yeah, yeah, you're you're definitely going to have all your rounds done in an hour. That's right. That's realistic. <laughs> It'll definitely work exactly as we expect it to the first time yeah. that we do it. <laughs> yeah, that they had I think round nine posted for four thirty is when it's going to start. <laughs> mm. So speaking of things that were organizational. Um, what about team sheets? How did you guys feel about that? Oh, man. I mean, it was... Like, they didn't tell us anything about team sheets, and never have I seen, like, the whole players being punished. Like, I don't know. Those those were some very severe punishments, and mm. uh, I wish they had been more transparent about... Like, if they told us in the beginning of the tournament, like, oh, these team sheets are very important. If you mess anything up, like, you will be penalized. I don't know. Then I, it would have made more sense, but... I just felt it was a little bit unfair, and I felt super bad for the players that were punished. And of course, like, yeah, they could have done a better job filling their team sheets, but when you're in a rush and you don't think there's... Because, like, you know, no one stressed the importance of them, and they, they haven't, you know. We've never seen punishments being uh, given out in VGC because people incorrectly filled their team sheets. Like, in fact, there's president of players who, like, messed up their team sheets at U.S. Nationals last two years, and, like, it was fine. Like, they got away because it's not, you know, a big deal, but... I mean, I, I understand why they're important, but I just wish, like, the organizers would, would have told the players, like, hey, this is, like, a big deal. Like, make sure you double or triple check things, and if you do mess it up, then you will be punished. Because then it's like, okay, you can hold the players a little bit more accountable. But, um, yeah, it was it was a bummer to see, like, five such amazing players just, like, play day two without a six Pokemon. Yeah. I, I think it was, like, seven players at least. Was it really? Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lots of people um, finishing in very low standings uh, with five Pokemon. <laughs> Warp, so, yeah. 
Look, looking at Twitter like the night before, it seemed like a lot of people didn't even know they were supposed to turn in team sheets and had to go back to the venue and get them. Is is that actually what happened? Yes. Or? Yep, that's also true. Okay. Which is like, uh, okay. Yeah, this so, makes yeah, sense. I, Let's do it. <laughs> see, my big disagreement was that um, a bunch of us asked judges um, like why we needed to fill out the team sheets the night before. And the judges that we talked to specifically said that they were for the stream, since I know that was something that people were talking about on Twitter, is that, oh, we were told they were only for the stream. That, that did happen. Some of the judges did only say that we're for the, they were only for the stream. And um, while I do think, like, if that's not correct and the, and the team sheets are to be uh, used to be, like, hack-checked later on in the tournament, I, like, they, they, I think they have to use them to hack, uh, to, like, you know, do the hack-checks later on. But it is really, really unfair because you're kind of punishing the players for a judge's mistake at that point. Yeah. It, it feels like the team sheets, if they weren't, should have been checked at the start of the tournament. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. On the, Pokemon, on the Pokemon on the team. And that should have been, okay, this is actually the established thing at the beginning of the tournament. So there wouldn't be a situation where someone could write something on their team sheet and then have a different team at the start of the tournament and then five rounds later change their team to what was on their team sheet and play through that way. Like, that that's clearly a possibility. And if they were checking at the start of the tournament, they would know if something was obviously wrong with the team sheet. Like, oh, you said your Salamence was female instead of male. Oh, you're clearly a hacker. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, this, it seems like there's a way to resolve the issue with errors on the team sheets. Right. With, I mean, admittedly, a little more time, but it also covers another possibility that someone could hack like, and still hack. Yeah. You have to look, yeah. You have to look at the other side of the the judges' side of too, because mm-hmm. they, they had to enforce this because of the fact that obviously um, that that tweet went out the night before showing that they could change a locked battle box. You know, there was the picture with Big Six and Emla uh, in a Raikou's battle box there, and like obviously that was just like a joke tweet, just showing around like what you can do to the battle box and change it. And um, that is not something that was like very easy in the last few generations with. Uh, or as because like you know they changed how they do the battle box locking now you can actually like it's the mons in your boxes but the mons actually stay in your boxes rather than your battle box so they can it is stuff that can be edited if uh the judges aren't able and the judges won't be able to catch that unless they are checking the team so i do understand why they did feel they needed to check the team sheets mm-hmm. so it, it just was a very uh poor situation of how it turned out it's really unfortunate that because, like we said, we did get the team sheets last second, so it's understandable that players would make errors, especially last minute, like, 1 o'clock in the morning, because a lot of players just went back after traveling for an entire day just to get there on Thursday, and then got their team sheets and went back to the hotel room and filling them out at, like, 1 o'clock in the morning before they go into the tournament in the morning. Yeah, there's there's not a lot of time to check that, and, like, it takes a while to find errors if you're looking for them. Mm-hmm. So were the... Boxes locked before people got team sheets or after? Uh, good question. The, the boxes were locked and then we got team sheets. Okay, that that is the big problem then. Yeah. Because that means they couldn't check the team sheets while they were locking boxes. Because it, yep. it was done uh, after the team... Like, we, we were called back to get team sheets and they were all handed in at the player meeting in the morning. Yeah, it should definitely be a thing where they're checking as they... Lock the boxes, yep. yes. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. If they have to continue doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the handful of PCs I've gone to where we have to fill out team sheets, like, one of the judges will make you get out of line or go to the back if you put your moves in the wrong order. 
So your Pokemon have to be listed in the exact order that they are in the box, and their moves all have to be in the exact same order. Mm-hmm. Which I, I think that's a little much, but fine. Yeah, right. At, at least he's looking at it. Yeah, I know TPCI like set up an official like, uh, official like team sheet that like players are like required to fill out. I know San Jose Regionals this weekend is actually going to be using it. So hopefully, if anything, yeah. people can learn from London and be like, okay, team sheets are actually really important. Like, if I mess up now, I know like it's on me, but. It was just disappointing to see such a major tournament penalize so many players when, like, people's seasons literally could be on the line. Right. I mean, Marcus and uh, Evie were lucky to have their, their day one invites for next year because if they didn't, I mean, this would be one of their, this would be their major tournament of the year and they uh, already uh, lost a lot of potential CP just because they were, uh, you know, knocked out basically by the team sheet errors. And uh, I know that both of them are players that would contend for a day two invite and that's going to be really, really tough for them now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's like when you're fighting for day two, especially because this was like the European national, which is still kind of crazy to think about. Like for a lot of European players, their chances are day two or basically not, uh, you know, done at this point. So yeah, um, it was to me. Like, I don't know. It was still crazy to have a such a major tournament so early on in the season, and I get why. I mean, obviously, but uh, yeah, it's just a little bit disappointing uh, once again that like players. Like if I if I I know if I were in day two and I lost the whole Pokemon like that's a big deal and for like Edu like you lost Pelipper which meant like Golduck was basically useless as well. Mm-hmm. Right. This is horrible. Yeah. Uh, maybe we should talk about more positive things now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like overall, I don't know. I still thought it was a really good experience, a really fun tournament, and I was pretty pleased. Um, granted, I didn't run into any issues, but it, it was like. I don't know, VGC 17 is a really, really cool metagame, and uh, mm. the early metagame, to me, is already more interesting than most early metas for other formats. Yeah, it's really variable, and there are a lot of really cool interactions with Tapus and weather, and the weather users aren't also broken, and yeah. <laughs> all and of these little... Boosts are fun. Yeah. All of the weathers being good are very uh, cool. That's nothing, that's nothing we've really had before, having all four mm. weathers be viable, with four terrains being viable as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> it's a mess. It's it's the best kind of mess, I think. I, I mean, that's... As it gets sorted out, it'll be really interesting to see. Because, I mean, it's sort of like watching watching Pokemon metas develop. It's sort of like watching a computer program solve a problem. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like it just gets closer and closer to the answer as things go on, but never quite there, you know? Right. It's wild. I really enjoy it. Me too. All right. So, next on our list, we have new regionals prize payouts. They're bumping all the money up <laughs> or down further on your place. I- Pretty much all of the payouts got extended down uh, from one set of placings uh, than they were previously, so if it stopped at top 4, now it's top 8. If it stopped at top 8, now it's top 16, and so on. First gets given to two players. (laughs) 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 I wish. Um, Yeah, wait, so... Yeah, they're also putting that in retroactively. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. It was just like, it came out of nowhere, and I was like, did they just mess things up? Because I wouldn't be surprised. No, we got the emails yesterday. Yeah, okay. Interesting. Well, you know, now that seniors and juniors can't compete in Europe for money anymore, they've got all this extra money to spend on the U.S. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what happened, Sam. Nice one. It just makes me more sad that I I messed up against Ken in Top 8 of Philly Regionals, because I was that close to having my next Regionals trip paid for, without even knowing it. Without even knowing it. The, uh, the ambiguity behind who is actually getting money, though, right now is kind of concerning, because I know I got, like, 
two emails yesterday saying that, oh, congratulations, you're, you're gonna be in the, the prize money now, and, like, looking at the, uh, the suggested sheet that we think that we're gonna have, I would not be in those prize brackets, so I was very confused as to why I was getting the emails. Um, <laughs> the, the big one was from, uh, you know, Arizona and Philly. Like, I, I bubbled out of cut at both of those events, and I would have gotten money if they extended down one further, so, uh, being potentially in the money now is cool, but not knowing is also very, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a tease. If I, like, I'm not expecting it right now, but it's kind of, it's kind of confusing because I got that email out of nowhere and it doesn't line up for what they're telling us either. <laughs> mm, yeah, seeing the email right now, even. I hadn't seen it yet. <laughs> I, did not, I did not get an email, but. Maybe you had the wrong email on your Pokemon.com account. No, no, it's correct. It's just with the new format, like, Top eight from Fort oh. Wayne still wouldn't get money. Oh, that's a shame. Which is I'm sorry. Like we're like ten people short or something like that. <sighs> I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. That's, genuinely, that's fun. <laughs> I did get a random card in the mail from the Pokemon Company from like Arizona. A week ago. Yeah, the the Pokemon Ranger. Yeah. Yeah. That was from. What, what was that about? Uh, that was from uh, Arizona. We were supposed, to, you know, when you enter a tournament, you're supposed to get the the Regionals promo card. And they, oh, didn't, yeah. they didn't have enough to give out in Arizona, so whether or not you got one, they just sent anybody who participated a uh, <laughs> a card, the, the retail's promo card, because they weren't sure yeah. who they actually gave it out to. <laughs> I don't think they gave them out at Fort Wayne, either. Yeah, so well, now you have one. They might yeah, get two okay. in the mail now. <laughs> what, right. are, what am I seeing in the notes about Memento and Parting Shot? Just out of um, curiosity. Okay, so at the beginning beginning of december they had banned memento and parting shot from battle spot there was a news article on like the actual pokemon website about it because there is a bug in game yes oh uh but apparently that only applies to using them online so those moves are still completely legal for tournament play which is cool because parting shot's actually a really nice move this generation yeah z parting shot is strong or yeah. just parting Wait, shot what, in general. What does Z parting shot do? I'm trying to remember precisely. It's it, something uh, with... It heals the mom that comes in the back, is that correct? I believe so, yeah. That, yeah. That should, okay. yeah. I knew it healed something. So, yeah. so like, healing That's wish, cool. essentially. Yep. But you don't die. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, the battle spot glitch actually just, like, kind of soft-locked the battles so that they couldn't be completed, so... Uh, uh, it doesn't apply to local games, so that's good. And uh, I think, yeah, parting shot's really, really cool. So it's it's good that they don't have to ban it, like, on the circuit, too, like they had to do with Skydrop a few years back. Mm, I really, I had wanted to use Skydrop that year. It was sad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can use Skydrop now. Yeah, yeah, I've seen plenty of Tapu Koko. It's pretty legit, like, honestly. five Pokemon that you can't pick up. It's, it's cool. Yeah. Yep. Strong move, strong move. I, I, I'm a big fan of Brave Bird type of Coco, specifically the physical variety. <laughs> uh, you just Brave Bird the Marowax and do like 50%. It's great. That's actually pretty crazy. I mean, you have to have a life orb, so it's not it's not special. You, you could also Nature's Madness them for 50%. That's true. Yeah. Also viable. I mean, but can you, can you like, nearly one-shot Tapu Bulu with Nature's Madness? I thought not. No. That's right. <laughs> you can hit and power poison them. <laughs> oh, don't get me started. Oh. <laughs> Bring in your salazzle and go for uh, that clean small. <laughs> Toxic, Venishok, all the above. I'm, I'm so sad. Hidden Power Poison is actually a 
okay thing now. Like it's a real thing. Aaron, you're giving me yeah. flashbacks. So day two, round one, I sat down and my Tapu got the HP poisoned by a Tapu Koko turn one by the Japanese <laughs> player. <laughs> oh my god. I, I, I literally lost to somebody who had a game loss in five mons round one of day two because he like broke out all of the memes. He broke out HP poison, uh, he sky dropped me on turn one and then Tectonic raised me on the way down with Guard Shop after Sword Dancing turn one. And then, uh, oh yeah, I lost the, the last game in the set because I was protecting to switch in my Pelipper. I was protecting my Golduck and he Stoke Spark Surfered my Golduck through Protect. And if you don't know, that uh, automatically paralyzes Paralyzes, of the time. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you like, oh, dear God. in two games, you managed to break all that out. I was just like staring at my DS, like not sure of what happened. I'm like, uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> what do I do? He was the one that had five months that still went uh, 11 and 3, like into top 16. <laughs> That's actually yep. crazy. I mean, I'm not surprised. Those are the those are some great memes. Yeah, oh, he was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> some super high quality memes. That that sounds like a lot of fun. It's there's a lot of room for memes right now, but I'm interested to see if things like that persist. Like maybe HP poison becomes standard, like HP fire did once in a while. Right. Once a long time ago, HP water. I'm I'm so nervous that one day I won't be the only person to top cut an event with hidden power bug. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't I don't remember why you did this. Can you explain? That was on that was on Seismitoad. Wait. I needed to hit. I needed to hit dragons and Ludicolo, and Hydrogen and Latios were both weak to bug. So that's where I went. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds like a that, that's a logical procession. I mean, it was a stronger move then. Hidden power bug plus mock punch from Breloom knocked out all the Ludicolos, so it was it was what I needed. <laughs> Fair enough. Do we want to move on to the questions that we were asked? Sure. Okay. Alright, question one comes in from the Hive Mind, and he says, What are the best counters to weather that isn't more weather? And that's either in Pokemon or in real life. <laughs> it is called New Jersey. And that is, yeah, that was directly quoted from Hive Mind. It's a note. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> um, I like to wear layers, like lots and lots of layers, because it's very cold in Michigan, too. Right, um, I saw it was seven degrees recently. Yeah, it is not uncommon for me to be wearing five or six layers at a time. Do, as a as a question, do you still have your pink magma hoodie? Do you still wear that? Sometimes? I do. I, yes, I'm I wearing it right now. <laughs> nice. I actually still yeah. have mine. I've been I've been wearing it too. Uh, it's back at home, but it's a really nice hoodie. It's so fluffy. Uh, yeah, goes under things. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> this is an ugly Christmas sweater month for me. Those are very warm. Yeah. Mm. I have a large collection of ugly Christmas sweaters that I like to wear in December. <laughs> in a similar vein, uh, to counter hail, I prefer to put on some winter weight, so you stick fat. Hariyama's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a great option. Uh, if it wasn't KO'd by Moonblast, thick fat Snorlax, definitely walls, uh, nine tails, all of these things do a great job against hail. Uh, as we've discussed, rain has no counter. Um... Well, that's uh, just not true. doesn't exist, and Gigalith is the best Pokemon. Yeah, Gigalith's really cool, and it did win the uh, first international as well. Yep, yep, yep. I, I mean, isn't Gastrodon kind of the answer for most of these? Unless... <laughs> we, we, we don't like Gastrodon. Gastrodon's not welcome around here. <laughs> it's not real! <laughs> <laughs> just I mean, it beats, 
Torkoal, it beats Gigalith, it beats the Rain guys. It beats the Rain guys that aren't using the defensive Rain with Bulu. But they aren't real Rain people, right? (laughs) Freeze Rye Ninetales is a problem for it, though. Mm, That is problematic, actually. Wow! Ground is weak to ice. So is water, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. So, Gastrodon, uh, Freeze Dry Ninetales, if you're having trouble with rain, uh, beating Gigalith is impossible. Cloud uh, Nine's Rampa? Huh? Cloud Nine's Rampa. So <laughs> it's that. Um, I, I think it's just being able to keep speed control, denying the slower weathers their trick room. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. definitely hard to like have one over-encompassing like, Pokemon that covers it all, so it's really based off the team that you have. But uh, in general, I don't know. I think like you should definitely be teching in for like you know, the Gold Duck Pelipper lead, the little Gint Torkoal lead. And that's not like... It's hard to ensure victories against us because players using those will be very prepared as well, you know, to deal with counters. But uh, I think if anything, you just can't have a team that like will insta lose to either of those or any weather. So like, be able to at least have a strategy to like you know disrupt them or make their time a little bit harder. Mm. And I mean, I, I know um, the question was qualified by saying that isn't more weather, mm-hmm. but I really prefer to have another weather on my yes, team specifically yes, exactly. for yeah. Like, for Ninetales specifically, because if you just let them set up Aurora Veil, then it's just problematic. And that right. wouldn't even be relevant. You just switched in your weather. So yeah. Definitely agree. And it makes it makes uh, Ninetales' job just so much harder, because then you, like, you're dealing with you know very inaccurate blizzards, and so it's like you have to rely on freeze-dry, but if you're not using something that's weak to freeze-dry, you know, it's just like... Basically, if you win the weather war against it, it's kind of forced to switch out, or maybe go for freeze-dries that don't do too much damage. So, right. uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think, like... It's definitely very good to have just at least one weather user know your team, um, and because there's so many viable ones, like there's definitely probably one that fits for your team. And uh, I, don't know, I always say the best way to counter weather is with your own weather. And I know I keep making jokes about Gigalith, but the reason why Gigalith, part of the reason why Gigalith is so good, is because it doesn't. It's probably the least reliant on its weather out of any of the weather users, and has really solid stats. Yeah. Um, just across yes. the board. So it's very easy to throw onto a team if you need something to beat one of the other weathers, even if it doesn't take Hydro Vortexes that well. They're also all over the speed tier. I mean, you have Ninetales at 109, and then you go all the way down to Torkoal at 20, being the slower part <laughs> of the metagame. So it's like, finding one thing that can like handle multiple parts of the like the weather setters is very, very, very hard to do. <laughs> yes. Mm. Uh, manual weather also, always an option. Mm-hmm. There, I think there's a prankster user left that might be able to do that. I'm not sure. There's there's whimsicott. There's whimsicott. Sunny day. Sunny day. Yeah. Um. Can I can I speak Smith's question just for fun? <laughs> sure. All right. Um. Because I'm speaking, it, I don't have to answer. <clears throat> All four top moves are courting your daughter. Whose suit <laughs> do you urge her to consider? Hmm. <laughs> it's a very important question. Yeah. I. I I would let her make her own decisions. Yep, yep. Yep. However, if Bulu came crawling around <laughs> making everything smell like grass as soon as he walks in the room, I I might have a few things to say about that. That, that was <laughs> going to be my answer as well. Bulu looks like a good man. No, no, no. no he, Sam has problems with Bulu because he yeah, doesn't like oh, greenery. He, he's fat. He, he just <laughs> smells like grass. So. <laughs> <laughs> he does not have his stuff together. Like, I mean, Tapu Koko has a mohawk. I think Tapu Koko yeah. looks really edgy. I wouldn't let my daughter near near Tapu Koko. Uh, yeah, I'd be nervous about Koko, okay. but I would, I would just, I mean, no Bulu. I mean, at the same time, you have to be supportive of 
whatever your daughter decides because it's her of, life. Of it's, course, it's definitely her choice. I also think that uh, Tapu Bulu I'd probably be afraid of, so I'd probably just say, "Go ahead, do whatever you want." <laughs> <laughs> you don't have any. Don't have any sidebar conversations with Bulu. <laughs> <laughs> just, just let it be. Just let it be. I don't know. I, I, I would very much appreciate uh, Tapu Fini just because of the clean, washed smell that. Uh, oh, that's Fini a Tapu. That's right. I forgot about Tapu. Fini. Yeah, it's a Tapu. Uh, <laughs> it prevents sickness. Like you can't get sick when you're with Tapu Fini. That's yeah, great. Fini seems cool, right? And she's super. Or it's super sweet. They're gonna be best friends. <laughs> so good. Everything's clean. No one's sick. Have you seen Tapu Fini's face? Tapu Tapu Fini is not sweet. Tapu Fini is just like. Like, I, I haven't seen it. On a scale from one to two canon, where is it? <laughs> um, the, okay, the best word to, to like describe it is resting. <laughs> like that's what Tapu Fini has. Well, it, it's very <laughs> elegant. It's very graceful. Um, in a sense, yes. <laughs> and it it's very protective of itself because it has the whole shield thing going for it. Um, I feel like Tapu Lele would also be a lot of fun. You know, like just genuine fun. <laughs> Like, enjoyable to be around. I mean, pretty weird, literally. Sort of awkward, hides in a pot. <laughs> sort of awkward, hides in a pot. Um, I mean, that, that sounds like what I am, so I could I could definitely relate with Tapu Lele. I, would, I feel like I would make good friends with Tapu Lele. Well, well, remember, the question is, who are you trying to urge your daughter to consider? Um, yeah. Yeah, but, like, if I could be friends with Tapu Lele? I mean, I'd, I'd obviously okay. be okay with any of them. I mean, aside from Bulu, that would just be kind of scary. Oh, Bulu has piercings, I forgot. Yeah, I mean, like, that's not a bad thing. Just... No, it's not terrible. She can make her own decisions. I mean... If, that if combined it's, if with the muscles. If, if it's my choice, though, like, the, the muscle as in the, and the piercing and then Tapu Koko with the mohawk seems very edgy as well. I feel like the better question is all four top, Tapus are courting you. <laughs> Which one do you pick? Yeah. And I, I think I would pick Lele. I think I would definitely pick Lele. Personally. I'm going with Bulu. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know Sam's not a Bulu fan, but man. <laughs> Bulu just seems like a good man. <laughs> good, good strong bull. <laughs> I need Tapu Fini to keep me in check. <laughs> I, I'm just not going to answer this one. Good call. <laughs> Alright, moving on. <laughs> Pat from Palette. Uh, what are some Pokemon used in London that made you rethink your original VGC 17 strategy? Oh, Gastrodon. Gastrodon! <laughs> Wait, what? Two people said Gastrodon. What did you say, Tommy? Cortana. Oh, no! Actually, yeah. I, I really uh, wasn't expecting to see Cortana. Like, too many Cortanas. Because I didn't play against too many online. And then round one, Ben Kiriakou has Cortana and Aloba Ninetales. And I was like, oh, gosh, this is not going to be fun. No. Both of, both of those, actually. like It was not a good uh, combo to go up against. Uh, yeah. And there were a decent amount of Cartana in day two as well, but no uh, Nihil Ego or whatever it's supposed to be called. Nihiligo, maybe? Nihiligo, yeah. Yeah, Nihiligo. Yeah. Uh, I thought there would be more of that. Like, mm-hmm. with with Ego, I thought that, uh, like, the main thing that was happening was Garchomp's set that got popular was Assault Fest. And, like, the yeah. big set that everyone went to early on was Life Orb Nihil Ego, because you had to spit Garchomp and you could. HP ice it and just knock it out. And most of them were carrying Focus Sash, like, really, really early on, like, the first week. But at least you could, like, chip it with, like, either Weather or with uh, Dazzling from Tapu Koko. And, like, you'll be able to take it out. Like, Assault Fest, though, like, you're, you're not actually doing enough to even, like, chip damage and not knocking out the guard shop. So, I mean, like, 
it very, very hard for Nihiligo to actually, like, do well. That and, uh, Rain Mode actually doing well, too. There's, like, a lot of things that, like, weren't working out. Uh, Cartana, also, like, a lot of things that were just, like, really, really hurting Nihiligo that I expect to do as well as they, uh, did do in, uh, London. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yep, and Muck seems like a like a better poison. Oh, type yeah, Muck for sure, uh, especially with the Phoebe Berry combination. Cause I mean, oh my so god, much. it was so good. <laughs> it was just like bam, back to full HP. It's like Power Construct Zygarde, but Muck. Yeah, because I was like, oh, people are probably gonna try it like Snorlax with Phoebe Berry because we had seen a little bit of that. But then I was like, wait, Muck like gets like what? Yeah. Wait, what? It heals back no. everything. Bam! What yeah. just happened? Yeah, it, it's fantastic. a deadly. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I think that is. also kind of plays into the next question, which uh, Matt J1984 was asking favorite unexpectedly good Mon. Gastrodon um, and Muck are pretty good choices for that. Yeah. <laughs> yep, and Cartana, too. I mean, a lot of things that just, like... There, there are a lot of things that were surprising that really caught me off guard, and I was really happy to see a lot of variety, too. Me, too, yeah. I don't know. It was just, like, it was really fun playing the games, and, like, every time I'd watch the stream, I'd be like, hey, that's not the same Kyogre Groudon, like, Xerneas that we saw all of last year. <laughs> So it was it was kind of reassuring, honestly. Cernius is great in VGC 2017. I think Rowden would just be broken this year. You know, something saying you're right. You're absolutely correct. <laughs> if someone brought a grout onto a tournament, they would probably be able to win. You know? Like I don't know how I would counter it. <laughs> Dude, Golduck Rappa. Oh yeah, Golduck Rappa, okay. of course. No, you just Golduck. You just Cloud9 with the Golduck. Oh, that's right, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> We're going back. My favorite is, like, when you use uh, the damage calc for VGC 17 and it assumes that Golduck has Cloud 9, so, like, you have to change <laughs> right. the ability. Because <laughs> otherwise it just doesn't uh, assume the rate is up. It's like, what kind of Golduck is this? Is yeah, yeah. Cloud 9? Why is my Hydro Vortex only doing 40%? I'm so confused. <laughs> <laughs> this is a exactly. terrible one. Exactly. Uh, Alright, so one final question, yes? Uh, yes, one final question. Uh, Cable VGC asks, will Dallas hit 500 players? <laughs> I don't I don't think any of us are in a position to know that. Yeah. As a clairvoyant, I, I can say that we're going to hit 497. You guys heard it here first, confirmed. <laughs> confirmed 497, not 500. <laughs> okay. I think we're going to hit somewhere around 350 if I had to put any like estimate on it. I think it's going to be a very big regional, especially knowing all the players that are going to it and how big that regional usually is, but mm. not 500. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like if it hit 500, I think that'd be a great omen. But I mean, no, that would make yeah, a lot I... of money for TPCI, too. Yay. A lot of money for <laughs> us. It's a New big Year's graphic. Eve is... New Year's Eve is kind of a blessing and a curse because everybody's on vacation, but at the same time, they're it's, on vacation. They yeah. probably don't want to go to one of these things. I'm it's like still considering Eve. it, but it's like, oh, I kind of like just want to be at home and like spend time with friends and whatever. So I'm still debating on it, but it should. I don't know. 500 is a lot. Like we we broke 500 for like of modern day regional once, and that was like 2014 California in SoCal. Oh, oh yeah, that was huge. Yeah. yeah. So. I don't know, it's possible, but uh, that, those numbers are still pretty ridiculous. Talking about mm. long tournaments, that, that regional ended at like 1am or 2am. Talking about meeting a lot of judges. <laughs> oh my god. Yep, 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 yep. Alright, well that seems to be all the questions. Yeah, that's it. Anything else you guys want to go over? When a When bridge. is everybody's next regional? Um, <laughs> um, Dallas. 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 Yeah. And Aaron? Uh, I'm gonna be in San Jose. San Jose. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. 
All right. Okay. Uh, hopefully I will have this up before San Jose starts, but no we'll promises. See. Thanks, everyone, for coming. <laughs> yeah, thank you guys for coming. Uh, the show will return maybe in two weeks. It might be three, because I'm going to be in Dallas when I usually post these shows. Yeah, I'll um, be in Dallas, too. Yeah, so watch out for that. This is actually episode 50. It took us, like, four years, but we made it. Just in the air. Yeah. So thank you all for stopping by, recording this with me. Okay. Yep. Yep. And until next time... I'm Sam. I'm Toller. I'm Tommy. Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see you next time on The Lava Pool.